With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A chance to play spoiler, a chance to help end the Steelers' season, a chance to sell us on progress and upside for next year. Sunday's the Jets' last chance to play in some meaningful football this season. And we're talking about it on the Brandon Contest Jets podcast right now. Contest. I am a contest. You better like me. I'm from Patchog. Alrighty, nice job as always with the free music YouTube. You're listening to the Brandon Condes Jets podcast on SB Nation, episode 24. My first ever sports podcast where we keep it simple, we keep it short, never more than 20 minutes. If I have more to say, just put it in another podcast. But I, I'm so impressed with what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done this year. Losing their quarterback early, playing with essentially two rookie quarterbacks that don't have a lot of expectations. I think Tomlin should be coach of the year. I think Tomlin's job as head coach of the Steelers this season should be considered similarly to what the Patriots did in 2008 when they lost Tom Brady, and they still won 11 games. And now this Steelers team is not as good as that Patriots team, yet here they are staring at the playoffs in Week 16 of the NFL season. And remember all the chatter about the Steelers needing to move on from Tomlin in the last year or so? Talk of him possibly going to the Redskins? Talk of his tenure running its course in Pittsburgh. Talk of his inability to control the locker room. It's it's funny to see all of that talk exit the building at about the same time that Antonio Brown left the building. And I'm not going to argue the talent of Antonio Brown. I don't think anybody would. But if Ben Roethlisberger gets hurt and Brown is still in Pittsburgh right now this season, are they staring at the playoffs right now? Does the locker room stay together the way it has? Does he allow the team to go through growing pains with two young quarterbacks? I don't think he does. So you see the Steelers playing better without Brown. You see the Raiders not even keeping him for one game. The Patriots get rid of him after one game. And I know there's a lot of outside factors, but I I just don't see why a team should bother bringing him in for another opportunity. Yet I would still be shocked. That being said, I would be shocked. I'd be shocked if he does not get one next year. I think he will get another opportunity. I don't think he should, but I think he will. But a ton of credit goes out to Mike Tomlin this year for the job that he's done in Pittsburgh. And like I said, I think he deserves to be coach of the year without question. That being said, this is a huge opportunity for the Jets. A huge opportunity for the Jets to show us something. It's a huge opportunity for Sam Darnold to show that he's getting better. For this team to show some fight, which I will will credit Adam Gase for one thing this year. The team has not quit on him at any point. As many bad losses as they've had this season, they've shown an ability to be resilient. And now I I still, I'm I'm confident that Adam Gase is not the answer at head coach, but I do give him credit for that. And, you know, we we talked about Ryan Tannehill for a couple of weeks. And while I think Adam Gase is safe, I think his job is safe, I think he's definitely coming back next year, even if they lose these next two games against Pittsburgh and Buffalo. And I think he should get a second year just to see see some continuity, see what continuity does for Sam Darnold, see how he does in a second year of the same system. But the more I see Ryan Tannehill and Devontae Parker and other guys in Miami and other guys that have moved on from Miami, other guys that are no longer playing under Adam Gase, yet they're excelling in new systems, and I see these guys succeed without Adam Gase, the, the more I wonder how he got this this notion of being such a good offensive coach. 
And Tannehill's showing up in a new offense as a backup and playing at an MVP level now these past few weeks because he has. is a major indictment on Adam Gase. And you're starting to hear that a little bit more now as as Tannehill's success continues. And it shows that, you know, maybe, maybe it wasn't just a one or two or three week thing. Maybe he actually is a much better quarterback than what we saw when he was playing under Adam Gase in Miami. And Gase was brought into Miami to develop Ryan Tannehill. But he made Tannehill look like a below-average quarterback. And then as soon as he leaves for Tennessee, it all starts clicking. As soon as he's no longer with Gase, he's an elite player. I'm fascinated by how real this is for Tannehill. I'm fascinated to see what happens the next couple of weeks. Fascinated to see if he gets them to the playoffs. And then fascinated to see what kind of contract offer he gets from Tennessee. Or does he get contract offers from other teams? Do they let him go? Does he get a bigger bigger deal elsewhere? You know, What teams go after Tannehill? What teams believe in him now? in terms of becoming a legitimate franchise quarterback. Does Tennessee believe in him? Does Tennessee pay him? How good can he get? Can he keep this pace up? For me, it's one of the most interesting storylines, and I hope Tannehill keeps it up because I think it puts Gase even more on notice and puts more pressure on him next year to do a better job. And the one thing that we know about Adam Gase is that he should be very motivated next year. He should be motivated to develop a quarterback. He should be motivated to prove that he can develop a quarterback, especially as he failed to develop Ryan Tannehill, yet Ryan Tannehill is developing in a new system. You also wonder right now, you wonder how much faith does Sam Darnold have in Adam Gase? And we saw the exchange that he had on the sideline last week in Baltimore. And I look at Darnold as a 22-year-old kid that just does not want to deal with turnover year after year. And you can't blame him for that. But I don't know what what he actually believes, what he what he actually feels about Adam Gase's system, a system that we've never seen work. And if Gase does get fired by the Jets after next year, which is certainly a possibility if they have a down year again, and again, look, I'm not rooting for that. I want to see them go out and win 11, 12 games. I want to see them go out and make the playoffs. I want to see Sam Darnold excel. I want to, I want to start to believe in Adam Gase as a head coach. That would be great. But if he does get fired by the Jets after next year, he's done as a head coach. A short tenure in Miami paired with a short tenure in New York and a failure to develop any quarterback? Why the heck would any team give him another shot? Why would he get a third opportunity? He wouldn't. So the pressure is on Adam Gase to have a big year next year. But the Titans are fighting for a playoff spot with the Steelers, who the Jets play this week, of course. And this week against Pittsburgh is now the Jets' last chance at a meaningful game. Because we don't know if Buffalo is playing for anything next week. We don't know if they're still going to have a chance at the division. The Bills will probably have their playoff spot and their seating locked up with no chance for any movement. Whereas this is now a playoff game for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And this is a chance for the Jets to play spoiler. And how about what the Buffalo Bills have done this season? Because it wasn't that long ago that the Jets and the Bills were on the same level. And yet, here are the Buffalo Bills on their way to the playoffs, on their way to the postseason, winning double-digit games. Their most wins in two decades for this franchise. And it just it, it goes to show that landing the right head coach, landing the right general manager is just as important. It's equally as important as finding the right quarterback. Maybe even more important. I, I would go so far to say as more important than landing the right quarterback because we don't know what Josh Allen is yet. He's fine. He certainly has potential. Got a great arm. But he hasn't been great overall. It's not like he's he's light years ahead of Sam Darnold, but the Bills are light years ahead of the New York Jets. You get a good coach, you get a good GM, you focus on the right positions, and you watch a team flourish. 
Because it should not be that hard for a team to turn it around in the NFL. It shouldn't be that hard for a team to right the ship in the NFL and get back to at least being mediocre. Because the league is designed for parity. It's not designed for teams to be losers and losers for decades, which is the direction that the Jets are headed right now, which is the direction that the Giants are headed right now, which is what we're seeing from both of these New York teams. We're seeing incompetence. We're seeing perennial losers. And that's not what the league is designed to do. The league is designed through the draft and through free agency and through scheduling games. The the league is designed for parity. The league is designed for teams to be able to bounce back. Yet the Jets and the Giants have not been able to do that. But then you look at a team like the Buffalo Bills in the last couple of years. They bring in the right coach. They bring in the right GM. They focus on their lines, the offensive line, the defensive line. They focus on their secondary, the cornerbacks. And they've built a winning team even without Josh Allen proving that he is a franchise quarterback. But meanwhile, the Jets are focused on signing great linebackers and stopping the run. They spend massive amounts of dollars on Avery Williamson, massive amounts of dollars on C.J. Mosley. And don't get me wrong, they're good. But how much do they actually make the team better? Because the Jets, to me, right now playing without Mosley and playing without Williamson this year, it's not their linebackers that's been the problem. They they were fine with James Burgess and Neville Hewitt. So why do they need to spend $22 million on Avery Williamson and $85 million on C.J. Mosley on a position that, again, is not really a team-changing, a game-breaking position? And then speaking of the linebackers, Monday Night Football, we watched one that, that's that's maybe better than all of them on Monday Night Football with the Saints. Demario Davis. Demario is actually performing like an impact player, continuing to perform like an impact player. The, the second impact linebacker that the Jets lost to the Saints, Jonathan Vilma being the other. But Davis has been great. A linebacker that the Jets lost twice, and you thought they would have learned the first time after reacquiring him and ha- him having a good second tenure with the team in a great trade from Mike McCagnan, getting rid of Terrell Pryor and bringing Demario Davis back, an impact player that has now gone on to the Saints and been an even more impactful player. So the Jets let him go twice as an unrestricted free agent, and then they go out and they sign two other linebackers to uh, to big money deals instead of Demario Davis, who is healthy, who's playing well, and who would have been just a great fit to stay with this team. Uh, let's take a quick break here on the Brandon Condes Jets podcast. I want to come back and talk a little bit more about that Monday night game. i got something else to say, but we're back after this. I wanted to mention Drew Brees setting the all-time touchdown record in that Monday night game, which obviously an incredible feat. But more than that, it's another quarterback playing at an elite level into his 40s, which is amazing. There's so much talk about Tom Brady doing it, but Drew Brees is is right there with him at the age of 40 and better than Tom Brady at this point. And then we have the potential for some back and forth, which is kind of cool because you got Brady and Brees. Brady is only three touchdowns behind Brees now for the record. So we could have a situation where they wind up passing each other at, at different times and go back and forth. And that's assuming they both play a couple of more years. But I'm not sure Brady is capable of passing Breeze because I think we look at Tom Brady now as starting to appear to be an aging quarterback, still capable of winning, but he is showing some age. And Breeze is not. 29 for 30 in that Monday night game. It, amazing. Breeze is elite. He's playing with a better offensive line than Tom Brady is. He's playing with a better running game, a, a better offensive coach, a better home stadium for scoring, better wide receivers, the best wide receiver and Michael Thomas. It's tough to imagine Brady turning back the clock and getting past Breeze because of the elite level that Breeze is playing and because we've seen a little bit of a regression from Brady. And more than that, the team that Brady is playing on is not as good offensively as the New Orleans Saints is. 
But how about these two quarterbacks playing at a Super Bowl level into their 40s? And is it a coincidence that it's two franchises that have pushed the envelope, that have pushed the envelope and gotten into severe trouble at, at different points? And the Saints, of course, with Bounty Gate, the Patriots with Spygate, then Spygate again, then Deflategate, and now Spygate again. And the Patriots thing is kind of strange, in my opinion, this newest Spygate installment, because I see people that I would expect to crush the Patriots, like Christopher Mandog Russo on SiriusXM, but he's actually defending them, which I was shocked about. How am I supposed to believe that Belichick needs to cheat to beat the lousy Bengals? And then there's people that I would expect to brush this off as nothing, and they're actually believing that the Patriots were cheating, like Bill Simmons. But... The one thing that is consistent with everybody right now, everyone that has an opinion on this story, is that they're all lukewarm opinions. Nobody seems to have a really strong opinion about it. Nobody really seems to care all that much. And everybody just kind of gives their opinion, and we move on. Whatever happens, happens. Remember Deflategate? Remember the outrage? The outrage lasted years. Mike Francesa screamed about Deflategate for years on WFAN. Wait a second! All right. You saying Brady order the equipment and tons to deflate the balls? Okay. ESPN talked about it for years until after Tom Brady got suspended. People were calling for Brady's head. He got suspended four games for telling his equipment manager he likes the footballs to be a little spongy. Four games for that? The Astros are out filming signs to figure out if somebody might be throwing them a fastball and people want the manager banished. The Patriots are caught filming a sideline for the third time. And nobody seems to care. Even if you do care, you don't care enough to make a big deal about it. It's like, yeah, yeah, they cheated, but it's week 15, let's just watch football. It's week 16, let's just watch football. If this was the first time the Patriots were caught cheating, if it was the second time even, people would be flipping out. But because it's the the fourth or fifth time that we've seen the Patriots cheat, we're immune to it. And whether you defend or you oppose what the Patriots did, the one thing everybody is agreeing on is that we're just not surprised anymore because we are not surprised. There, There is no anger. There is no passion about it. No, Nobody cares enough. We're immune to the Pats cheating. We're immune to the Pats winning, and they're going to win one way or the other. They're going to outsmart you. They're going to better prepare. They're going to push limits. They're going to cheat, and nobody anymore has the energy to care. We're tired of the Patriots. We're tired of them winning. We're tired of saying that their reign is ending just to get burned by it. We've been burned by it more than once, so at this point, just let it run its course, and eventually, Tom Brady will retire, and eventually, the Patriots will deal with the issues that other teams deal with, that the Jets have dealt with. But until they actually fall on their face, until they actually look mortal, because it's been decades, we're just going to wait. And for the Jets this week, I want to see them beat the Steelers really bad. Because the, the, we've seen the Steelers and the Jets season a couple of times, 2004 playoffs, 2010 playoffs. I would love to see a role reversal. And I would love to see the Jets be able to end the Steelers season and see the Steelers get knocked out and not make it to the playoffs because of the New York Jets. And Jamal Adams should be back. Arthur Millette should be back. So the secondary should be well improved. But this is not a Steelers team that blows other teams out. This is not a Steelers team with a big-time offense. This is a Steelers team with a big-time defense. So it's a big test for the Jets' offense. It's a big test for Sam Darnold, for Adam Gase. And it's a big test for them to go up against a team that has playoff aspirations and a team that has the feel of the playoffs. And for the Jets, even though this is a home game, this might feel a little bit like a road game because the Steelers fans travel so well. And this is a meaningless game for the Jets except for pride except for the ability to, to show that they are improving and and build something going into next year so I don't know how many fans Jet fans are going to show up for that I see this being a type of game that season ticket holders 
look to sell and would have an easy time selling because there are so many Steelers fans. But let's see a big performance from Sam Darnold. Let's see a big performance from the offensive line. Let's see a, a good game play calling from Adam Gase. And let's see this Jets offense go out and do something against a really, really good Pittsburgh Steelers defense that is looking to get into the playoffs. We should have another podcast up shortly after the Steelers game and before Christmas. But just in case we don't, happy holidays. Thanks for listening to the Brandon Contest Jets podcast. Stay tuned for more episodes. And as always, big